You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Hello. How do you do? It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell. I'm here with David Warren. And we uh, we like to talk about real estate and mortgages and uh, whatever else happened in our weeks. I am uh, an owner of Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa. I'm also a mortgage agent. David Warren is my business partner. He's also an owner and a mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages. And Greg Campbell is looking uh, quite burly, very, uh, very rustic today. <laughs> <laughs> He's a partner over at Blue Panda Realty in Orleans. And it uh, looks like he has just come out of the woods after... <laughs> I have multiple weeks of scavenging and foraging. I have just come out of the woods. Nice, nice woods, a tra- trailer style woods, mm. <laughs> not woods woods. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to make a quick shout out to uh, North Brew. Nothing to do with woods, but northbrew.ca. If you go to North Brew and put in the promo code podcast, you'll get twenty percent off your coffee orders. And a little shout out to uh, North Brew. Thank you for your sponsorship. They're uh, they're a good supporter of ours. And uh, they also make fantastic uh, Java. So our uh, our Blue Panda special blends just came in. Mm. If we have two blends, um, we have like a like a smooth breakfast blend called Brew Panda. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Brew Panda, and we have uh, an espresso one called uh, Above Asking. I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Great yeah. choice. Great choice. How was the weekend, gentlemen? What did uh, what did everyone get up to? Well, mine was amazing. Obviously, it was at the um, Ange Gardien Campground uh, Music Festival where my wife Anna was singing along with uh, uh, Max's uh, Max's wife uh, Irina mm-hmm. at, um, in the Hornets. And there was about eight, I guess, eight bands Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was amazing. Had some friends up there, a couple trailers, campers, kids running around, having fun. You know, it was great. We had... Uh, uh, my buddy Brian uh, Sacco, Julie uh, Julie Patterson, who works at Blue Panda, her uh, her uh, beautiful beautiful man Brian Sacco, he has a taco stand, and he set it up there, and they were they were something else. They were something else. It's called uh, Cape Cape Pasa Cape Pasa Tacos, I think. Cape Pasa. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, it was good. Great weekend overall. Shout out to uh, to Max Demore for hooking that campsite up and uh, you know making it a beautiful place for everybody. And you guys rented an RV, right? Did you, is that uh, an yeah, RV easy? RV easy. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. We got there. They they come in. They set the trailer up for you. You use it for three days. You come back. You have to meet them there. They'll do a walkabout just to make sure that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then you. That's it. So it's like it's like Airbnb for trailers, basically. Yeah, you can either pick them up and tow them, or that you can get them dropped off. Mm-hmm. So, so we chose that route for this one, which was very convenient. Yeah, I mean, not having to not having to link it up to your truck or or find a truck to even yeah. tow it around with. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fifth wheel, sealed awesome. fifth wheel on Greg's uh, uh, Tucson or Ray. What's what's what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I, got a, the back. I got a Sorrento right now, but I'll, Ale- I'll Alexa though, is holding holding the back of the fifth wheel. Just <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you though, the trailer style like we've never done it, and neither had our friends, and we love it. It's awesome for the kids. And, uh, my buddies, my buddy and his wife, Eric and Kelly, they're going to, they're talking about getting, uh, like getting a fifth wheel and just parking it there for the season. 
there's like a park, there's a pool, there's like a, a huge park just down the road with like soccer, basketball, tennis, volleyball, whatever. Um, I mean, it's 20, it's 20 minutes to downtown. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So, I mean, like you could like, you could stay there all summer and still work next summer. We should just rent out the whole campground and just have a, uh, you know what? It, it's a great family community. and friends event. There's lots of, lots of cool people. We, you could, we could do something like that. Like if we had a little thing, our own thing got like, you know, 10 families with trailers. Mm-hmm. Well, depending if they had the spots available, you'd have to book it well ahead of time, but we could easily set up our own thing. And everybody that's there full time, they're amazing. Such a great, great spot for sure. And they have their own little cascoot there too. So, you know, they have the burgers, fries, poutine, the poutine there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of course it is. Oh, Ange, Ange, Ange Gaudier campground in Ange Gaudier. Craig's, Craig's the official spokesman, clearly. 12 minutes, yeah. 12 minutes from the ferry at Masson and um, 20, I think 20 minutes from, yeah, 20 minutes from downtown. There's just a cartoon face of Greg on the sign with two thumbs up, eh? Welcome. <laughs> I had an interesting uh, run-in with the trailer this weekend myself. I uh, So Saturday, I was telling you guys beforehand, I played a soccer game. Uh, prone to injury lately, uh, even though I you know keep myself in decent shape, prone to injury. So hurt my uh, obliques, my part of the kind of lower back, and uh, was not looking forward to a wood delivery that was coming Sunday, knowing that I'd have to move uh, a cord of wood around my house. So anyways, neighbor lends me a wheelbarrow because I didn't have one yet at my new place. And, um, the wood comes. So this is what happens. I go to get my morning coffee. My French press broke last week. A lot of things breaking, uh, including myself. So I went to get a coffee, come home. As I go to take the coffee out of my cup holder, lid pops off coffee pours all over my lap, my seat, Mm -hmm. uh, the car. It was a disaster. Clean that up, wait like half an hour, do a couple things around the house. And then go back into the coffee, waiting for the wood guys to arrive. Now, with that said, when I went back, I explained what happened with the coffee. They they gave me a complimentary roast, which I thought was very kind of them. Uh, as I'm on my way home, I see the gentleman leaving from dropping off the wood. So I'm like, okay, great. This is awesome. Wood's here. Go inside, do a couple things. I realize that my uh, my Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi is no longer connected. So uh, go outside, take a look at what's happening. Seems that uh, when they delivered the wood, the trailer as it was lifting, just went right through my Rogers cable, which is hanging over my driveway. Wow. <laughs> uh, cut it like butter, just right down the pipe. So uh, anyways, to their credit, I emailed the owner, uh, not looking for anything, just basically saying, uh, you know, this is what happened. Uh, you know, you might want to basically give your drivers a heads up to be a little more, you know, cognizant of their surroundings. Cause this is obviously now going to, if you've ever called uh, any of the, you know, telecom companies in Canada. It's not a, usually a very fun experience. Uh, so I was dreading, you know, a two, three hour phone call on a Sunday afternoon. Anyways, long story short, emails me back, uh, and just gave me a full refund for all the wood, like pretty insane. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Just like here, like, you know, really apologize. Sorry. And I was like, Holy shit. So I wrote him back. Like you really did not need to do that. Um, but I really appreciate it. And, uh, I said, I'll send some people your way. So here we are telling the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Lancosa landscaping, which you probably have, uh, maybe heard of, uh, shout out to Simon Moss. If anyone's listening, no Simon, give him a little love. And, uh, yeah, I was very impressed. So went from a terrible morning to, uh, just a free morning. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very happy about it. Had a nice fire yesterday was, uh, stacking the wood most of the afternoon and, uh, yeah, it was a good day. Good day. That's, That's awesome. great. That's very, very good to hear. I'm, you know, see now I want to call them Even yeah. just, just to say hi. 
And the wood's amazing. Whether I need the wood or not. Greg yeah. has no need for wood. He just yeah. wants to, he wants to tell, yeah. you know, Simon that he, uh, he appreciates yeah. him. Simo yeah. might be Simo. I don't want to make uh, past judgment, but uh, anywho, Dave, anything real estate related you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I'm good. I think, uh, no, <laughs> no, I think we were, uh, we were chatting before about, uh, I know Greg, you wanted to talk about it. The, the Chinese um, uh, largest real estate holder in the world um, mm-hmm. Evergard, one of them, Evergrande, one, Evergrande. I think, one of I think them. it's the second. I think yeah. uh, BlackRock's the biggest. Evergrande is the second. Three hundred billion, or no, they have three hundred billion in uh, in debt, debt right now, I believe. Yeah, and uh, they can't make their interest payments in the millions. And uh, there's, I was reading and watching more about it. It's just crazy. Like I guess it all started because these guys were just borrowing. They were building homes and they, I think they have, what do they have? They have 1600 projects in China alone right now um, in 250 cities or something like that. Like something just crazy. And they were, they, they got into the cycle of buying or building, inflating the prices, selling, and then doing pre-sales, um, inflating the prices more, doing pre-sales, and then starting pre-sales on another one before this, the new sites even started. Mm we're talking like years away and then they were borrowing money um getting bonds and they haven't been able to make payments and and the biggest problem i guess is that a lot of the local community a lot of the chinese people have given like their life savings for these units that they're building and now there's no money so now it's like so now it's getting getting aggressive and the question is you know are they going to get their money back or not and it looks like probably not. So there's a lot of badness going on. I guess China's central bank just dumped 14 billion into the markets just to kind of keep things moving. But they're saying if this all, if it, if they end up going bankrupt and it's kind of saying that they will eventually, like as you know, they've got a 30 day grace period, I guess, or whatever right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But from what I'm reading, they're saying that there's no way that they can, get out of this. So then the problem becomes is apparently a lot of their big investors are international, which means Canada, US, everywhere. And then it it comes down to, you know, what banks have invested or or loaned them money that they're going to default on. And Mm. then what will it affect here? Like if, if TD is like, I don't know, because I haven't researched that TV, but if TD has given major loans out to them, what does that mean for its lending here when they can't get their you know, 500 million that they loaned to Evergrande or something. Right. What is or that? Even just, or even just funds like mutual fund in Canada, mutual mutual fund. Funds, like anything. Yeah. So the, anyways, it's interesting to watch. They're just kind of at a, in a position right now where they don't really know what's going to happen, but that 14 billion that the bank put in, I guess, to kind of like helped soothe everything a bit, but they're saying it's going to, it's going to tank. And it's similar to 2008, with the Lehman brothers, uh, Mm -hmm. issue here, but it's not, from what I understand, it's not exactly the same and it wouldn't be as dramatic and well, especially over here, but still it's a big deal for China and for the Chinese people, because a lot of them are going to be left, uh, kind of screwed. So it's pretty sad overall. Well, that's the sort of thing where it's the classic case. You know, we talk about it on the show, like, you know, it's buy a house, it's an asset paying, but like the debt level of, of people, it's no different with businesses. These guys were just like making so much money 
they were basically, you know, printing money because they were inflating the, like they created the part of the housing crisis in China where the prices were just like, apparently like way more exorbitant than here, um, which I'm just learning now. And um, they just kept this whole uh, overinflated prices of pre-sales, pre-sales. They wouldn't even break ground. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, just boring new project, new project, not finish the first one, not finish the second one, not finish the fourth one. And people just selling money. Crazy. They even asked their employees to lend them money. They said, if you want to keep your job, loan us money. Wow. I, I'm sure that they also have like serious supply issues, right? With their, with their development and so on. I mean, that's gotta be a global, global issue, but um, to your point, Greg, about it affecting kind of having a trickle effect. You know, one thing that we all know is that the investment market, at least like the stock market is, is very uh, finicky and people are very emotional. So anything like that, where you see like a large fund, like you said, like if TD or uh, any of these larger banks that have mutual funds and, and investment representatives that are kind of investing into these sorts of businesses, if they start to drop or they have a massive loss and people start seeing their investments going down, then people panic. You know, a lot of people yeah. panic sell. Mm -hmm. uh, I see those as opportunities, uh, but a lot of people will panic sell and, uh, and just start dumping. And that just kind of has a cascade effect and everything drops even faster. Right. Cause everyone kind of hops on. They both, both the, the stocks and crypto markets dropped. Like they had huge spikes mm -hmm. based on Evergrande. It's wild. Like when, when, when you're that big of a company, you, you know, you're screwing up and the markets just take this huge drop. I, I think to your point, uh, Greg, it'll be interesting to see how, um, if they can't make those debt payments on their bonds, whether, you know, how that trickles, you know, what the percentage of outside investors or investors, you know, in, throughout Europe, North America, whatnot, and what that trickle effect looks like. Cause I mean, they are, listed as a global 500 company, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the stats are saying they, in, they indirectly em, employ 3.8 million jobs or people, um, like 200,000 directly, and then indirectly sustain 3.8 million jobs. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they, you know, if they do end up running into this, you know, continue running into problem and can't make those debt loads and or debt payments and start to crumble, you know, yes, it's a huge effect in China, but what is that? those outside investors, you know, those people are investing in other countries as well. You're, you're, you know, 3.8 million jobs that, that they're supporting. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of mouths being fed and a lot of people that are, you know, investing elsewhere in the world or things like that. So, yeah. I think and it, and just so any, anyone listening understands their stock is down 93%. So they're basically worthless. <laughs> right now. I mean, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a bad idea either to toss a couple bucks uh, of a uh, a hope and a prayer. <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah. true. It's true. But anyways, uh, they got the. I guess they got this thirty days thing now. So it's. Uh, I'm going to keep following up pretty closely because it's interesting. Greg, Absolutely. you you commented in there about uh, consumer debt. Uh, it, and somewhere in your in your ramble, you're talking about uh, debt loads that people have taken mm -hmm. on. I actually saw. I was reading an article before we came on here, and they were talking about how homeowners on average in Canada have about $23,000 in consumer debt, mm -hmm. whereas non-homeowners have upwards of 35,000. So it's just interesting to see the kind of debt loads for homeowners versus non-homeowners. And the, uh, now I don't know what that is. That could very well just be, you know, the old car loan effect. You know, you, you get a job, you buy a car, there's your debt. Hey, there's your 30, uh, 30 grand uh, debt right there. But it was interesting to see that 
homeowners have a lower debt load other than obviously the the mortgage itself, which is, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of thousands. But from a consumer standpoint, the debt load was less for homeowners, which I thought was just a very interesting stat. And what did you say? 23,000 versus what? 35. 35. 35. It's a pretty big jump. Oh, and man, I mean, uh, it is a big difference. A lot of the times when, when we're pre-approving clients, the ones that aren't able to buy now, it's typically because of consumer, consumer right. debt load, you know, car loans, uh, student loans, credit cards, lines of credit. And I think a lot of that is just due to lack of education and in, in how, you know, your financial choices affect future financial choices. You know, um, I know in school now they're changing the curriculum to include that sort of, uh, like yeah. credit education, which is great, but that's definitely not something we we were educated on growing up. No. And you're, and, and when every company just tossing credit cards at people and lines of credit and, oh yeah, and you know, and charging upwards for, you know, a Bay credit card at 29%, it's pretty, uh, they're pretty become pretty hard, uh, pits to dig yourself out of. Hmm. I know. I, I love the, I love the cards where it's like, get this card today. You get rewards. You'll get points next time you shop. And it's like interest 29%. Yeah. yeah. Who cares about the rewards? <laughs> You'll get 0.01% of your purchases back. Yeah. We're going to charge you 30% for that luxury, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And then that's what happens, right? You, you know, you get a big debt load and then, and then you look for solutions and then maybe you're paying a, a solvency company or, or something to kind of, you know, to, for a consumer proposal. Yeah. And then ob- that obviously kind of, you know, rolls into other stuff. So, um, so yeah, very interesting. And obviously, you know, if you are, for anyone who's listening, who's kind of getting into the, uh, employment world, I guess, career world, you know, you're in your early twenties, you're kind of graduate university, you're getting into the market. Um, have a chat with us first. I mean, even if you're looking to buy in five years, just to kind of, we're more than happy to just kind of explain the the implications of some of these things and, uh, what to keep your eyes out for as far as, um, you know, getting into the finance world. Obviously once you start, once you start making money and you have a job, everyone's going to start throwing stuff at you. Right. Like Dave said, they're, you know, you'll start getting stuff in the mail. Everyone's sharing your information. Everyone knows, uh, you know, how much you can afford and so on. So I predict a lot of insolvencies over the next year. For sure. Lots. I think I know that they're going up. I predict they're going to go up even more. Yeah. Especially as long as the government just keeps giving out money. So I was going to say, yeah, it's when, uh, finally, the, when it finally stops, it'll just be, yeah, it'll be a nightmare. The divide is quite, uh, it feels like it's spread. It feels like uh, the universe. It's expanding every day between, uh, you know, those that are currently unemployed and and um, those that are gainfully employed. But those people that, you know, that are relying on the government currently, those are, that's eventually going to dry up, yeah. I would assume. It blows and, my mind uh, how many uh, restaurants signs I see around town saying hiring all positions. Mm-hmm. Chef, line cooks, servers, bartenders, every, like I see them everywhere. Yeah. Hiring all positions. It's like, wow, people, some people don't want to work, but mm-hmm. hey, man, whatever. Do you guy, do you? <laughs> I had a question this week. Uh, I wanted to touch on it quickly. Just uh, talking about still lots of questions, obviously always about variable versus fixed. And, uh, you know, where rates are at, how things are going, where are they heading, et cetera. That's, I mean, it's a daily conversation for us, obviously in our industry, but, uh, I've been asked a lot more recently about, uh, variable versus fixed. And, uh, if you're able to, you know, people that are in variable wanting to kind of switch over to the fixed, just thinking that rates are going to continue to go up and, uh, just wanted to 
for anyone who's listening, who, who, you know, doesn't currently have a variable mortgage or, or, you know, doesn't own a home and is kind of wondering what the variances are, differences are, uh, with the variable rate. So if you're in a variable rate at any point in your five years, you can actually convert that variable rate into a fixed rate. So if you lock in a variable rate today, at say, you know, 1.45 and fixed rates are at, you know, let's just say high ones, low twos. If in a year from now, variable rates start to increase. So if the, you know, the bank of Canada prime increases, lenders prime increases, your rate goes from one, four, five to say 1.7 or, you know, 1.95, et cetera. You can say, you know what, I'm, I don't want to take any further rate risk. And I can actually, you can actually convert that variable rate into a fixed rate. So you can actually lock in your rate. Now there is a misconception and this is where the question stem from is that people believe that, you know, if you're at a variable rate of 1.95, if you convert it to a fixed rate, you're going to get a fixed rate of 1.95. And that's not the case. So what happens is that you're subject to whatever the fixed rates are at the time that you do that conversion. So if you're at say 1.95 variable and the fixed rates are at 2.39 at that time, you're going to be converting into 2.39, not the 1.95. So there is some give and take there, but it is still, you know, a very flexible product. And I'm a pretty big proponent of a variable. I just think, you know, historically shows that it does usually outperform the fixed, but there is that there's a lot of misconceptions I think about variable rates. And, um, I've been asked that question twice this week about converting it. So I had to kind of explain to them the metrics of why I don't think variable rates are going to go up and, and why it's probably not the best time right now to convert it. But, uh, it's a common question. So I just wanted to kind of, uh, clarify that. I don't know if that was clear enough, but it was clear. Greg? Yeah. I, like that. I know Dave understands. So Greg, if there's anything like in there that I liked it, it's good. A lot of people don't know these things. Yeah. It's, and it's funny, like this shit, I, just basic stuff should be explained, but we all know when we're sitting down with people getting involved in this, uh, in the business of real estate, it's very emotional. And a lot of things just kind of go in one ear and out the other. All they want to know is the bottom line and uh, what to do to get the house. You know, mm-hmm. it's not everybody pays attention to all that stuff, it, it, but it needs to be overly explained, I find. And and just to, and to your point, um, you know, people being emotionally involved and, you know, obviously it's an emotional process of finding a place that you like. And it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts, but that's where we always, you know, have initial calls to find out what somebody's plans and goals are before they even get to that offer stage. Yeah. Um, during that pre-approval standpoint, our process, have the conversation explaining, um, you know, fixed versus variable, et cetera, and, and explaining, you know, down the road, they don't want to think about penalties or anything like that, or not living in that house any longer no. or something going wrong. But those are conversations that need to be had up front because there are huge differences in penalties and things like that between, you know, fixed and variable, or even fixed between different banks, you know? Um, and, uh, and so certainly, you know, looking at that, when the statistics show that, you know, 66% of people are lasting till the end of their five-year term, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's not just people just think like, oh, well, that's if I just sell sell and, uh, you know, walk away. But that's if you're refinancing to maybe pull out some money to do yeah. an addition or to renovate or, you know, or do some landscaping, or you want to consolidate some of that consumer debt into your mortgage because it's a lower payment. Um, you know, marital breakdowns or partner breakdowns. Like these are all things you don't want to think about uh, when you're buying up here for when you're buying a home, but there's certainly things that you need to be cognizant of and, and take into account. Um, it's for sure. But uh, yeah. Anyways, speaking of, I think, uh, speaking of being emotional and about buying homes, why don't we look at some new listings? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you 93 Adeline Street in Ottawa's Little Italy neighborhood. This three-bedroom home is steps away from Preston Street. Shops, restaurants, Dow's Lake, parks, bike paths, and more. Bright and spacious throughout, featuring light hardwood floors on both levels. An open concept living dining room, large kitchen with access to the backyard, three good-sized bedrooms, and a four-piece bathroom. Enjoy the private backyard with a two-tier deck that is absolutely perfect for barbecues and entertainment. Enjoy everything Preston Street has to offer. Get most errands done by foot. New roof on the house in the garage just last August. It's a must-see, perfect investment opportunity or just ground level for someone trying to get into Preston Street, Ottawa's little Italy neighborhood. Uh, give us a call today. 699-9, Blue Panda Realty, Greg Campbell, right here. 10 seconds left. Oh my God, I'm still going uh -huh. to the clock. Came back. I didn't realize that. I guess I'm just talking too fast. Anyways, guys, this is a this is a great little spot. It does have a detached garage in the back, and it's one of the only in the neighborhood. Ah, oh, that was perfect. That was wow, perfect. that was well done. Yeah, right on time. There once or twice, I think. The old buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah that was right at the horn. <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah, music next week. Get ready for that, everyone. Okay, so uh, we got another one here. All right, up next, we got 128 Marissa Avenue, brought to you by Thomas Desjardins, another agent at Blue Panda Realty. So this home benefits from an ideal layout. A bright main living area features an open concept design anchored by a cozy gas fireplace, while the kitchen includes refinished cabinetry, ample counter space, and a large island. Step through the sliding patio doors to the back backyard and you'll be amazed at the privacy of the low maintenance outdoor space, while Southern exposure gives all day sun, perfect for gardeners and sun seekers alike. The bedroom level boasts three bedrooms and two full baths with plenty of storage. Hardwood throughout means easy maintenance with no fuss for allergy sufferers. Need some extra space? The bright finished basement is perfect for a home office, home gym, or children's play area. Recent updates include owned hot water tank 2021, R13 garage door 2020, laminate floors in the basement 2014, and hardwood on bedroom level 2014. Offers are presented on this one Wednesday, September 29th at 2 p.m. Don't miss out on 128, 128 Marissa Avenue at 599 now. Yours. Wow. <laughs> I love so it. So good. Oh, I love man. it. I don't I don't I don't want anyone else to come on and do this. I just want to do this all day. So funny. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. It, it fits right in with the auction style uh right? listings these days. That's great. Hey, we got 599. I thoroughly awesome. enjoyed that. <clears throat> Speaking of home buying, um, another fun stat that I that I read earlier this morning. Uh, this was in the Ottawa Citizen. It was um, a lot of people are basically saying that they're looking to buy, but they're also looking to move uh, for renters, and they want more space inside and outside. So the stat by Finder.com, uh, people may may not have heard of them. Uh, they basically showed that nearly half of Canadians were planning to move in 2021, which is a pretty large number. Uh, and the number one thing that they said they wanted in the next home, whether it's a rental or buying, is just to have bigger. So they want to basically have, you know, a bit more room outside and so on. So according to the report, top five factors Canadians wanted in the next home. You guys want to try to guess them or you want me to just tell you? No, tell just me. tell me. Just tell Lar me. Larger square footage, uh, an elevated, more luxurious style. So just, you know, standard upgrade from where they're currently living. A more spacious yard. A driveway or garage, and a low crime neighborhood. Mm. Those are the top yeah. five. Top five size matters. 
comparing those it to Ontario. Those are the top five for that's Canada. That is for Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And home office. That's a big thing now. Yeah. 24% I mean, of Ontarians want a home everyone office. I'm shopping with right now is looking for yeah. a home office. Yeah. 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 It's something to think about now. You know, we live in the ocean. We got waves coming every couple months. You know, we need to uh, need to be prepared for those. Wow. Get our life fest. I, wow. In the form I like of a home office. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't even. <laughs> Get ready. Go right into the mood boost. Get ready yeah, for the just, tsunami. Yeah, I think we need to move into the mood Evergrande, boost. Evergrande bankruptcy, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, the tsunami. The waves. Coming from China. Uh, mood boost, gentlemen. I got four today. Let's get it. All right. Number one. What weighs more? A gallon of water or a gallon of butane? The water. Butane is a lighter fluid. No. Number two, what kind of trees, what kind of trees grows in your hand? A palm tree. Oh. A palm tree. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm. Number three, why did the rhinoceros ring his bell? Because his horn didn't work. His horn didn't work. Got it. Number four, my personal favorite. A set of golf clubs walks into a bar. Bartender says, what do you have? And he says, nothing for me. I'm the driver. We're missing the, uh, we're missing the drum roll, unfortunately, but they don't hit as hard without the. Steven didn't have the button today. Forces lasts, I think. It was focused um, on the countdown clock. He can't, uh, he's not a magician. He can't do one, yeah. one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. um, I do want to say we, uh, our subscribers have been increasing uh, dramatically on YouTube. And anyone who is listening to this or watching it, please take the two seconds, subscribe on your podcast platform or on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Leave a review, leave a comment. Uh, we do actually read all of them believe it or not. Uh, and we're always open to suggestions. So if you guys have any episodes you want to hear about, any topics uh, of concern or interest, feel free to fire them in there. We'll be more than happy to, to bring them up on the show and chat. Um, as always, this show will be released if you're listening to it. Obviously, it has been released because we're not live right now. Uh, it'll be released Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. on all your favorite podcast platforms, YouTube. And uh, one last shout out to northbrew.ca, northbrew.ca. Use the promo code podcast. You'll get 20% off your orders. And also, you know, check out Blue Panda. Check out Blue Panda. Check out referral mortgages. See what uh, see what we're doing these days. Always something new going on. Always hot. I definitely think we do need to have another uh, another show soon, maybe even next week with, of just questions. We should just answer yep. questions. And we need KM that. back. We need Mr. Morris. We need the, the, the stats guy. Stats. We need some stats. Yeah, we, yeah. Okay. Okay. We need stats, stat. All right, let's go. All right, gentlemen. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. Same to yeah. you. You too. I'll Thanks to hurt myself any, any further. Great seeing you guys. Great seeing you guys. All right. All right, bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everyone. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. 
Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.